Thanks for tuning in to the Becker's Healthcare Ambulatory Surgery Center's podcast. In this episode of the podcast, we are highlighting a portion of our August Orthopedic Spine and ASC virtual event. I don't want to say too much before we roll into a great conversation with industry leaders, but our team did want to tease our upcoming 27th annual meeting, the business and operations of ASCs, which is taking place in late October, both in person and virtually. If you enjoy this episode of the podcast, that 27th annual meeting will be a great opportunity to hear more of our engaging virtual event sessions. Learn more about the event and how you can join us by checking out the conferences tab of our website, which is beckershospitalreview.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Thank you all for being part of the Becker's ASC and orthopedic virtual event. My name is Laura Deirda. I'm an editor at Becker's Healthcare, and I'm privileged to moderate this discussion today titled Top ASC Workplace Culture Killers and How to Combat Them. Joining me on the panel today is Maria Tapia, Administrator, and Andy Ball, CEO of Beverly Hills ASC Venture, a four surgery center venture and Cedars-Sinai affiliate located in California, and Tiffany Jewell, Clinical Director of Wellspring Pain Solutions and Columbus Pain Institute with locations in Indiana. Now let's dive right in. Andy, what are some of the top things that can kill a, a positive workplace culture at the ASC and Benita, I'd love to hear from you as well. I know you've had a lot of experience in the um, industry, so I'm just really interested to know from your perspectives, you know, what really kills a, an ASC workplace culture? Yeah, I mean, I think fear is, is one of those things. Fear, you know, that they're doing something wrong or they're not going to be supported or, um, or poor relationships with the medical staff. And just knowing that Benita does such a fantastic job of this. If there's a complaint that comes through or there's um, something a staff member is concerned about, or they just didn't enjoy an interaction with a physician, Benita follows up, you know, and even if the answer isn't perfect or she doesn't have a complete answer, she'll get back to them quickly and say, this is what we've got right now. I'm following up. And so I think, I think if you don't have that kind of support and that fear is allowed to fester, I mean, you're just going to, it's, it's going to be toxic for the workplace. I think the you know the biggest thing too is an employee wants to be valued. They want to be recognized. Yeah. They want to be heard. And so communication is really important. Open door. Both of us are very connected to the the staff. I mean, every single morning we have four centers. Every day, I well, we walk the four centers. Um, I actually go into the operating room and ask everybody how you're doing, um, how's things going today, whether it's the janitorial person, everybody needs to be heard and they want to be valued and they want to be recognized and they want to be communicated to, even if it's just good morning, how are you? Um, so I think that's extremely, extremely important. Um, we've had some, uh, you know, we've had to deal with some culture problems. Uh, basically, we have four centers right now, and we acquired um, two of them. And when we came in, it was the culture was not that way. They were basically, there was a lot of intimidation. Um, they weren't really, uh, they were afraid to speak up. They were afraid to make a mistake and say, oh, I did this wrong today. And so I think our culture here right now, it's okay to make a mistake. That's how we work. Got it. Yeah, I think that would be a really, really tough uh, thing to overcome. But 
um, glad that you've been able to do that, you know, with the centers you acquired. Tiffany, from your perspective, you know, what have you seen that kind of can really bring a culture down at the surgery center? Um, so just, I mean, negativity in general, you know, when one person, when one person starts that ball rolling or one situation starts that ball rolling, it, it escalates into this big snowball. Um, and it, you know, it can look like poor attitudes. It can look like gossip poor work performance. It's really contagious. So just, you know, doing as leadership, doing your best to be aware of those situations and intervene early on to help prevent that that snowball effect. Um, and, you know, I agree. I agree having poor leadership at the top, um, it filters down. So, you know, we're, we're really involved here. Um, there's a practice manager above myself who also travels to all of our different locations. Um, I make it a point to be in, in staffing at the bedside and pre and post. Um, at least every couple of weeks during the furlough, I was in staffing every day because I had staff that they just couldn't come in. You know, there was a lot going on in their lives. And although it made it difficult to do some of, of my role, um, some of my, my um, job requirements, it, it opened my eyes to what my staff do every day. And I think that's really important because a lot of times everything looks like it works on paper. And especially with all of the changes that we've seen, um, over the last year, you have a great plan on paper and it looks like it's going to be successful. But if you're not out there, you know, doing the work with your nurses, we all know that paper isn't always realistic. So um, we call it boots on the ground. You got to be boots on the ground to be aware of those problems. Got it. I think that's a really good point. And when you do uh, um, identify something that's an issue um, and you're going to um, try to rectify it or, you know, have a team member that you need to work with in order to change whether it's an attitude or behavior is that a matter of you know a discussion the the um a one-on-one -on -one discussion or how do you usually coach through that tiffany um one-on-one <clears throat> -on -one discussion is how we start and i try we we have conversations directly with the employee that it involves um i don't like these blanket conversations where everyone hears the same message and it's not it's not um specific to what's going on um because then the person who usually is at fault does not listen. <laughs> so we do, you know, private conversations one-on-one, -on -one, teach it up or mark it up as teaching, you know, education opportunities, um, try to build them up. Everyone has a bad day every now and then, but repetitive, repetitive uh, behavior, you know, it has to be addressed. Absolutely. Um, and one more question, Tiffany, for you. And I'd love to hear from you, Andy and Benita on this as well. How do you motivate your teams, especially during high stress times? I'm sure there were lots of them over the past year and, you know, potentially could be more to come in the future. Um, so I'm wondering, especially during some of those high stress times, what do you do in order to um, keep them motivated and, and excited um, to have that positive culture? Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, we work right alongside them. Um, I want them to hear the message that you know, we, we may all feel like we're drowning, but I'm going to drown right next to you. And we're going to get through this together. And we're going to come out stronger on the other end of it. Um, we do little gifts. Um, we, we actually just did an employee um, award benefit just a couple weeks ago where our, our whole, all locations went um, offsite to a restaurant, had a nice dinner, played some games, you know, got some bonuses. 
and it, it was just great. Um, sometimes you can't always, you know, reward with cash. And so little letters of you're doing really great or little gift cards um, or just, you know, verbal acknowledgement goes a long way. Absolutely. That's a really great point. Um, Andy and Benito, what do you do at, at your centers to make sure that you're motivating teams during some of these high stress times? Um, I think communication is the biggest thing. I mean, we've had the high stress of the pandemic. Um, Andy set up huddle meetings that we have three times a week that all the staff, any of the staff can call into. Um, I'm from all of the centers that basically we're looking at COVID rates. We're looking like a PPE. Um, what else, Andy, that we look at for them? I, th I think... Tiffany hit it. It's kind of being being on the ground with them and understanding that. And that that huddle is is kind of meant to get get to those key issues that we're looking at and it could be causing staff. And so giving them an opportunity, you know, to always speak out and just addressing those in the moment. You know, we had early on, you know, did we need to wear masks? Did we not? You know, we were in a position where we could say, hey, the, the CDC is telling us, no, we don't need to wear masks. But if you guys want to wear masks, we're not going to stop you. And here's the provision for those masks. And so kind of trying to balance that stuff and, you know, and yes, we have bonuses, but, you know, and we have a bonus scheme and it's very laid out, um, but also empowering our supervisors to hand out a hundred bucks at a boy, um, you know, right in the moment, as opposed to doing it, you know, in an anniversary date or an anniversary fashion, it's giving that empowerment to the supervisor level to be able to take care and reward those, those employees in the moment. Um, I think that, that that's very important. And I think mitigating their fears too and um, understanding that they were scared and that we're like mom and dad here, that basically we're going to address those fears. If you, we have enough PPE, for, for instance, that was one thing that came up. Um, and then again, you have to value your employees. During this time, we were very needed. And honestly, we're medical professionals. We signed up to like help people and to make them understand that there was such a need at this time for medical um, employees. I think staff. that's a great point. You know, Benita yeah. would tell them, we, you know, we have our emergency management plans and we all expected it would be an earthquake yeah. that we'd be called in to do it. You know, and I think just reminding, <laughs> hey, there's a bigger picture here. We're supporting CEDARS. We're helping them keep keep the folks in the hospital safe from COVID. And we're taking care of the, you know, those delayed fractures and those cases that just simply can't wait. And we're doing it in a safe and clean environment. And that's, that's an important role and just highlighting that. And, yeah. you know, it's a challenge. It's a constant challenge and we're always looking for better ways to do it. But as for, I mean, we have our goals and we have our bonuses, but Andy and I are both very big of rewarding at the moment. So if we see an employee that goes out of their way to do something, we actually have cash that we'll hand them cash right there and then. It's important that people get rewarded. They understand that they're valued. 